Welcome to Life, Love, and Leadership for Physicians podcast. Here, we explore the central topics of intentional life design, boundaries, health, wellness, and leadership for physicians. I am dedicated to helping you create meaningful structures in your life that support both professional and personal growth. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Miller. I've tackled some of the same issues that many of us in the medical field struggle with, such as creating meaningful connections, imposter syndrome, and having a life outside of the office. Join me each week as my guests and I tackle these topics and so much more. Delivering content that shows you the importance of investing time into yourself beyond caring for those around you. Tap the follow button so you never miss an episode. Hey everyone, thank you for coming back and listening to this part two episode of the Challenges for the CMO. If you did not listen to part one of this, I encourage you to go back and listen to part one. So I talked about some of the challenges that CMOs or chief medical officers have and why they're challenges. And I also talked about some of the role and the responsibilities that uh, chief medical officers have. And now I want to talk about some of the strategies on how we can address those to improve that. And, you know, I said it in the last episode, I'll say it in this episode, and it's probably going to be my tagline. And it's that we all know that healthcare is struggling right now. And I really think that it's going to take strong physician leaders to get us out of it. And it's not that leadership is impossible for us to learn. You know, we didn't learn this in medical school. We didn't learn this in residency. We all can pick up tools and we can learn it. We just have to have someone to teach us and walk with us along that path. And I want to be that person to help support you in that. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that part one of this two-part series um, before we dive into what can we do to address some of those challenges and address some of those things that leaders face in taking care of the medical staff? So just to quickly summarize, some of those challenges that I talked about were, you know, this perception of that there's this conflict of interest and also the communication with physicians and the frontline leaders, as well as the corporatization of medicine. And then also some of the challenges that are faced that uh, not a lot of people know about, like the compliance issues and the accreditation bodies and the responsibilities we have from an organization standpoint. So let's talk about how we can address some of these challenges that we face in these particular roles. And really, it comes down to building trust. And I've talked in the past about building trust. And I always love to refer back to the Lencioni Triangle. There's a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Leader. And the bottom of that is lack of trust is the foundation of why teams fail. We have to have trust within an organization in order to have a healthy and functional team. So number one is building trust. And once we are able to build trust, then we can strengthen our relationships. And to do this, I would say, is demonstrate your commitment to patient care. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as well. And the second part to it is fostering a sense of open communication. 
And again, I'll elaborate on that part too. And then the third is promoting collaboration within the organization. Start with the demonstrating the commitment to patient care. So one thing that can be done is showing physicians that you prioritize patient care. And you can do that by supporting the best possible outcomes for patients. And this can look like advocating for evidence-based practices or allocating resources to areas that will have the greatest impact on patient care and not necessarily the advocating of resources that would save the most money. And third, it can look like involving physicians in the decision-making processes that an organization have. And this may require some challenging conversations with the people who are in charge of the finances. And it can require standing up for having physicians in certain positions versus lower cost um, care providers providing the care in that role. And these can be challenging conversations. One of the things that I focus on in having these challenging conversation or crucial conversations, as I like to call them, uh, one of the things that I focus on is how to communicate with other people so that you can be heard and respected and understood. I talk a lot about this, and this is one of the key points in the first pillar of my Lead Excel program, which is called Division System. And one of the biggest things that we focus on is self-awareness. And once we understand and know how we communicate and how we like to receive information from others, uh, then we're able to formulate a plan on how to communicate with those who are in certain positions so that we can have a greater influence. Another tip that I have on demonstrating your commitment to patient care is when you're having conversations with frontline physicians, telling them that you have a commitment to patient care, and then also giving them an example of how you have advocated for evidence-based practices in your organization. So that's number one, is demonstrating your commitment to patient care. The second is really fostering open communication. So curate a culture of open communication by encouraging physicians to share their concerns, um, share their insights, and also ask for feedback and actively listening to what it is that they have to say. Having regular opportunities for physicians that you work with to engage in discussions and voice opinions can look like town hall meetings or focus groups or even during one-on-one conversations. So fostering open communication is the second recommendation that I have. The third recommendation is promoting collaboration within your organization. So it can look like involving physicians in the development and the implementation of different policies or initiatives or strategic plans, allowing them to have a seat at the table. And this can help to ensure that their perspectives are taken into account. 
And it also gives the frontline physicians and the physician leaders a sense of ownership in the decisions that are going to be made. I know for me, when I take part of a decision and feel like I'm actually listened to, I take more ownership into it. And I think most people feel the same way. So you may say, you know, Dr. Rachel, these are all great. You know, I think your ideas to do some of these things would definitely help my, you know, organization, but I have no idea where to start. So one of the things that I would point you to is really leveraging the support of an executive coach. Partnering with an executive coach can provide valuable guidance and support as you work to build trust and Also, if the trust is broken, they can help you rebuild trust and help strengthen relationships that you have with the physicians. An executive coach can provide guidance on navigating conflicts and challenges that can arise in your relationships with the physicians. And working with the coach can help you address the concerns that you have in your organization. And also, if you have goals, if you have goals to go from a staff physician to working as a lead all the way up to the C-suite. An executive coach can help you with some of the things that are needed and required in order to ascend to that executive position. A lot of these topics are the exact topics that we discussed in the third pillar of my Lead Excel program. And this is called the Connection System. And in this particular system, we work to help navigate conflict and challenging conversations so that you're having this conversation much more effectively. We also talk to and we work on establishing and restoring trust and collaboration within your group and your your organization. We work on improving your teamwork and the performance of those who work in your organization by increasing engagement with your staff. And you'll learn exact tools of what you can do and how you can increase the engagement of physicians. We'll also work on how to create a culture of accountability directly with the people that you work with and also the people who report to you. You know, building trust and strengthening relationships with the physicians that report to you, these are essential aspects in the role of a CMO. And by addressing these challenges related to the things that we talked about in the first episode of this series as it relates to conflicts of interest and the concerns about corporatization and some of the communication barriers, you really can foster a culture of trust and collaboration. And by demonstrating your commitment to patient care and fostering open communication and promoting collaboration, these things are key strategies for achieving this goal. And partnering with the coach can help provide valuable guidance and support as you work to build trust and strengthen relationships with physicians that you work with. So there are some leadership strategies for success, and I'll quickly go over some of these things, and hopefully they will be helpful for you. So one of the things is really cultivating emotional intelligence. And What emotional intelligence is, is the ability to recognize and understand and manage your own emotions and the emotions of others. And it plays a crucial role in effective leadership as it can help you build stronger relationships and can help you communicate more effectively, as well as navigate the complexities of healthcare. 
And two components of this emotional intelligence aspect is developing your self-awareness and also your self-regulation. So practicing self-awareness by reflecting on your emotions and your thoughts and your behaviors and recognizing how they impact your interactions with others. And self-regulation can be developed by managing your emotions in a healthy way and responding appropriately to challenging situations. And the second part of this is building empathy and social awareness. And you can develop empathy by really putting yourself in other people's shoes to understand their feelings and their perspectives. And social awareness can be developed by being in tune to other people's emotions and the needs of others around you, and then adjusting your approach so that you can improve relationships and have more effective collaboration with others. So that's the first is really cultivating your emotional intelligence. And I have an assessment tool called the Genosis Emotional Intelligence Assessments. And I find that their assessment suite is absolutely wonderful. I am a big fan of the 360 degree evaluations where they are sent to the people that the individual reports to, uh, the people that reports to them, as well as the peers. So 360 is a 360 degree. So everyone that interacts with the individual. And it's a great assessment. Um, Emotional intelligence is one of the most important factors for a leader, any leader, really in any area. And um, I think that the emotional intelligence skill can be improved. And that's one thing that's interesting. A lot of the assessments that are out there, you can't really change a personality, but you can improve the way that you interact with others and you can improve the way you self-regulate and you can improve your social awareness. So I'm definitely a big fan of those. Um, The second part is fostering a culture of collaboration. So collaboration is essential for success. I mean, we work with each other. So physicians work with nurses, work with the occupational health, physical therapists, nutrition, pharmacists. I mean, we collaborate. So really fostering that collaboration is something that is key. And as a leader, it's your responsibility to help foster a culture of collaboration. And that can look like encouraging open communication and teamwork. And a couple of ways that you can do this is by creating that environment. So creating the space for that to happen. So that can be meetings. It can be, again, town halls. It can be multidisciplinary rounds. Um, So those are some of the ideas to have open communication and teamwork. The second is by facilitating collaboration amongst those. And One idea is, you know, having projects that different people from different areas can work on. If there is someone who comes to you complaining about something, (laughs) there's usually a request when someone has a complaint and even including patients, when someone has a complaint about something, there's usually a request behind it. So I would encourage you to think about what are the complaints I hear and how can we turn that into a request? And how can we get different departments involved? And how can I create a environment where 
other people can collaborate with one another. So those are the two thoughts about, um, you know, fostering that culture of collaboration is having open communication and then also facilitating that cross-department collaboration. So the third leadership strategy for success would be promoting an environment where everyone is really continuously learning and developing. Um, And that can look like encouraging skill development. It can look like encouraging people to go away on CME or taking courses or if you have leaders who are interested in training programs or workshops or an ex- if they want an executive coach to help improve the way that they're leading and interacting with teams, you know, encouraging those things and also supporting their desires to grow. The next thing is also lead by example. So if someone is interested in growing and learning and developing as a leader, Seeking out opportunities to learn and to grow, you know, in your role really sets an example of your desire for the people on your team to learn and grow and do the same thing. So the next strategy for success is really empowering your team, empowering your team members by giving them some autonomy and giving them the support that they need to excel And there are some positions in organizations where there's a title, but there's no actual autonomy. There's no support. There's a title, but there isn't anything to back it up. And empowering your team can look like delegating responsibilities or allowing your team members to take ownership of their work. It can look like taking something away from their plate so that they have time to dedicate for some of these higher level strategic tasks. It also looks like providing support and guidance to them. So, you know, being available to answer questions and provide feedback and also sharing your expertise if someone comes with a concern or a question, you know, encouraging them to take risks and being open, being vulnerable about some of the challenges that you have faced and what has worked for you can also help facilitate the empowerment of your team. The next thing, which I think is probably one of the most valuable things is practicing this gratitude. So acknowledging what others are doing and what leaders are doing and their accomplishments, acknowledging their contributions to the team. And acknowledgement can go so far. So this actually reminds me of the love languages. There's a book on love languages. You know, some people's love languages are words of affirmation. So this is actually kind of like words of affirmation. So, you know, recognizing people verbally in writing or letting people know that you appreciate them and their hard work can go so far. And people have a sense of pride when they feel that what they do is appreciated. So as you're looking to improve your leadership and increase your influence in your organization, I strongly recommend you looking at hiring and engaging with an executive coach. Um, An executive coach can provide valuable support and guidance as you're working to develop and refine your leadership strategies. 
If you're looking for a coach, make sure you have one that has a comprehensive program that addresses each of your needs. And I think I'm actually going to do an episode on how to find the best executive coach for you. So stay tuned for that when it comes out. But some of the benefits that a coach can have for you is they can really help enhance your emotional and social intelligence skills. And I talked a little bit about this earlier, but in my Lead Excel program, we talk about that specifically in two different pillars. And pillar one, which is called the vision system, we deep dive into self-awareness and get objective information on where you currently stand in these things. And in pillar four, which is called the leadership impact system, we dive deep into developing the emotional intelligence and the social intelligence skills to maximize the impact in your organization. So that's number one is a coach can help you uh, enhance your social and emotional intelligence skills. Number two, a coach can help you develop strategies for fostering collaboration and, and teamwork. And you live in your organization day in and day out, and you know your organization, but a coach can help you develop strategies that would be unique to your organization. They are trained to ask specific questions to help you decide and come up with the best strategy for your specific organization. So that's another benefit that an executive coach can have. Um, The third is that coaches are great at supporting your personal and professional growth. Oftentimes, the challenges we have in our organization, they can bleed into our personal lives. And a coach can really help as they help you communicate better with others. Oftentimes, it usually bleeds into your personal life. And I'm fortunate to have been trained in an executive coaching. I have a separate certification for executive coaching and also leadership development and then also life coaching. So I have this unique perspective of being able to mesh a lot of these aspects together to give a very well-rounded approach to helping someone and helping our executives deal with the challenges that they deal with. So in conclusion, I'll conclude there. Adopting effective leadership strategies is essential for success as you're balancing these roles of chief medical officer or chief physician executive, as well as being a physician and cultivating emotional intelligence and fostering a culture of collaboration and promoting continuous education and continuous learning and development and then empowering your team are key components of effective healthcare leadership. And partnering with an executive coach can provide valuable support and guidance as you work to develop these leadership strategies, you know, helping you excel in the role that you have, and they can help you drive positive change within your organization. If you are interested in having a coach to assist you in impacting change and influencing your organization, please reach out to me. As usual, you will find the link to schedule something with me in the um, show notes. But I do want to specifically go through the Lead Excel program. This program has four specific pillars. 
And I've touched on some of them. I think I've touched on most of them through this episode, but I will recap them for you right now. One is called the vision system. And in this particular system, we'll go through a series of exercises and assessments to help you clarify your priorities, help you improve your self-awareness so that you can deepen connections with others. Also, we'll work on identifying motivators and for you and also your values so that you can communicate with authenticity and clarity and alignment. The second system is the Thrive Performance System. And this particular system, we help you reclaim your time. We'll help you identify what boundaries you want to have so that you can achieve balance as much as possible and also increase physician engagement and employee uh, retention. This will lead to a safer work environment and also boost your productivity. You'll have the option to actually work with an an organizational well-being assessment and project to help increase the and improve the well-being of your organization. The third pillar is the connection system. And in this particular system, we'll work on enhancing your communication and accountability that you have with others. Um, This will help you be able to address conflict much better so that you'll be able to establish and restore trust. The fourth pillar is going to be the leadership impact system. We'll work on your leadership proficiencies and polish those up and develop strategies to meet and exceed your KPIs so you can powerfully influence others and advance your career. We'll also work on how you can effectively develop and communicate the vision with your team. If you are interested, please set up a complimentary call. And as I said before, you can find that link in the show notes of this episode. So thanks for listening. I'd love to have your feedback and what you thought about this episode. And I hope this two-part series was helpful for you. Thanks and have a great day. I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this Life, Love, and Leadership for Physicians episode. Did you have an aha moment? I'd love it if you shared it with me on Instagram at drrachelmillermd. That's drrachelmillermd. If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and a review. If there's a specific topic you'd like for me to cover or a guest you'd like for me to have on the show, please let me know. I love your suggestions.